Amazon opening up brick-and-mortar stores? Jeff Bezos really does want to rule the world. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Amazon loves surprises. Now we hear of at least two physical stores, and maybe three, that the world's leading e-tailer plans to open in time for the holiday shopping season. One in Manhattan apparently will be a mini warehouse and fulfillment center for same-day deliveries within the city. Another in San Francisco, and possibly Sacramento as well, will focus on offering Amazon's own products, including the Kindle e-reader and Fire tablets. So what's Amazon's game? My guest today is Maria Haggerty, CEO of Dotcom Distribution, a provider of warehousing and e-commerce fulfillment services for boutique retailers and major brands. She shares her insights on this sudden move by e-tailing into the world of brick-and-mortar merchandising. Is it a permanent presence? Are these just pop-up stores that will disappear after the holidays? Has Amazon lost its mind? Let's discuss it. Here is my conversation with Maria Haggerty. Maria Haggerty, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Interesting development that we recently heard about Amazon talking about opening up two, maybe three stores during the Christmas holiday season. What is your understanding of what Amazon is doing? Well, I, I find all of this very fascinating, going from one of the most prominent online e-tailers to brick and mortar. So we, it's not the first time we've seen this. 1-800-Flowers did this years ago. But I think with in Amazon's case, it's it's quite fascinating because I think that the for me the magic of Amazon is always that I could do everything so easily online or from my phone or my iPad wherever I am I can buy from Amazon. So it changes the thinking a little bit to say oh I could go to an Amazon store. I'm not sure that that would have appeal to a consumer. But I think Amazon is quite brilliant at this. Is I don't think that they're doing it so much to appeal to the consumer, but the play is probably more about how do I get goods to the consumers quicker? And having opening up retail locations is now going to put them on par with somebody like a Walmart who actually has goods, you know, within a 25 or 30 mile radius from all of their customers. So I don't know that Amazon is going to go out and build super centers the way Walmart does. But I think that what Amazon is trying to do is get goods closer to their consumers to get them to their consumers faster. Well, what we're hearing, though, is that Amazon appears to be taking two different approaches to this uh, brick-and-mortar strategy. In San Francisco, it sounds like they're going to be just focusing on offering their own products in a brick-and-mortar situation. And in Manhattan, it sounds like it would be more of a pickup center and kind of a mini warehouse. Is that 
what you're hearing as well? And I'm wondering why they would diverge their strategies in those two locations. Well, actually, I was hearing more about the one in New York City, and it's probably because I am close to New York City that I'm more tuned into that. So, and they they have picked one of the busiest retail locations in New York City. I mean, 34th Street is, you know, obviously known worldwide for Macy's Herald Square, and it's, you know, has flagship stores for, you know, Victoria's Secret, Zara, and, you know, a lot of other major brands. So what I, what my understanding was, was that they were going to have a retail location for customer pickup, also to be able to deliver same day, within the New York City area. And I'm not sure that I read this anywhere, but it would make sense to me that they would also make it a return location. But it would entail them having to bring product from one of their larger distribution centers into this place in order to make it available for customer pickup. So it sounds like an extra step is involved. It absolutely is an extra step in the process, unless they divert it directly from the manufacturers to the store. So they they could do that. They could easily set it up as a mini warehouse with just a smaller footprint so that, you know, if they're ordering 100 widgets, they could say, you know, 30 are going to New York City and 30 are going to Philadelphia and so on. So it it doesn't have to be an extra step, but it certainly can be an extra step. Certainly, I would assume that they would not try to match the square footage of a superstore in the manner of Walmart. No, not in New York City. I mean, even Walmart, what Walmart has been putting in the cities is a much smaller footprint. Do you see this as part of a larger trend? you get a sense? I mean, people do like to follow the Amazon example. Do you think that this might be a signal that the e-commerce uh, or e-tailers in general might be considering a, uh, at least a partial embrace of the brick-and-mortar model? Oh, I definitely think so. I mean, we've seen it. Bonobos is a good example of this as well. Um, we, we definitely know that people like to touch things and see things, and shopping is a little bit social. And, you know, e-commerce is more about convenience and portability and, you know, and having it anytime, anywhere. But I think that what most retailers are looking to do is to be able to be where their customers are no matter where, whether it's virtual or physical. So I think that a lot of the a lot of the customers that were or a lot of the retailers rather that were only e-commerce are definitely starting to see some value in a brick and mortar presence. I know um Birchbox did this last year and I had gone to the Birchbox store. I thought I thought it was it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen because it was almost like Birchbox online came to life. It was like I was getting to be in real life on the Birchbox website, which was a really cool experience. So I think that it's just another way to connect with consumers. And it's obviously a much more intimate way to connect with consumers. I mean, you can only get so intimate with your consumer when you're only online. But when you're Amazon and you offer such a broad range of products, I mean, Amazon likes to think of itself as selling just about everything imaginable on the planet that can be sold. (laughs) And they do. Uh, Whereas Birchbox, I assume, is a more limited inventory, more of a specialty type of site. Oh, absolutely. So so at that point, the challenge becomes how, how to decide what exactly to present in this physical store. Uh, I'm sure they're not going to be sticking refrigerators in there. No, I would imagine not. And I would, I would think that 
the things that they're going to want to showcase in there are the things that are the most difficult to showcase online. I think that certain types of clothing, certain types of, um, you know, products that they have are lend themselves more naturally to people wanting to see them and feel them and touch them, see the size of them. Um, and I, w- I would also think with Amazon, they clearly, they're the masters of big data, right? They're talking about doing predictive ordering before I even know what I want. Amazon's going to know it. So I'm guessing that they're going to have some pretty, pretty snappy models to to let, you know, their merchandisers know what to put in the store and where to put it in. That's an interesting point because predictive ordering is based on knowing the customer who is doing business with you at that moment. If I sign on to Amazon, they recognize me. Absolutely. They know who I am. If I walk to the door of a store, they don't know who I am. So but, how can how can predictive ordering be a factor? Oh, but don't they know where you live? <laughs> I guess they do, whether I like it or not. Yeah, so I mean, I think that that's you know they basically will take all of their New York City zip codes and see who's closest to the store, who you know they I know my personal Amazon account they know my home phone they know my home address and they also know my business address and they also know the addresses of my close friends and family that I send gifts to. I wonder if this is kind of a rousing validation or some kind of admission that brick-and-mortar stores still rule. I mean, for all of the press that e-commerce gets, it's still a small percentage of overall retail sales. I don't know that I would say either one of them rule. I think where the market is going, and even though I I really don't like the term omnichannel, I think omnichannel is here, and that that's really what it is. I think most retailers want to be wherever their customers need them to be. So whether it's on a mobile device, whether it's on your computer, I could definitely see the, you know, I don't think that it's far off that, you know, your TV screen is going to become smarter where you'll be able to see a product on your TV screen and and click it and buy it right there. Or whether you're, you know, walking down 34th Street and say, hey, oh, you know what? I was thinking about, you know, buying a pair of pants today and, you know, they're, they they have some nice pants in the window. So I'm going to, you know, go in there and see. I think the retailers want to be wherever their customers are. And, you know, if you just use 34th Street as an example, there are hundreds of thousands of people that walk down 34th Street every day with shopping bags in their hands. What's your objection to the term omnichannel? I just don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I feel like we went from multi-channel to omni-channel, and I never really got the difference. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the concept behind it, you certainly have no problem with. You're the definitely concept, in, yeah. endorsing that. The concept behind it is 100 percent where retailers are going. It's I, they need to be wherever their customers want them to be. So Amazon enters this sector for, if not the first time, one of the first times it has. What are the challenges that you think it faces and the complications that it faces in its back-end operations that it didn't have to deal with before? I, I think that a lot of them are going to be the same. It's, I mean, the most obvious one is getting the right product to the right place. They're going to have to make sure that, you know, if they're opening up at Christmas time in New York City, they're not stocking bathing suits. And I think that they will. They have a lot of that big data that's going to really help them be very smart about it. The other thing is, 
I would think if they make it a return center, it's it's again going to be having the right inventory in the right location. They're going to have to if they're if they accept returns there, they're going to have to get those returns back to the right places. So at holiday time, you know, if I'm sending something to you know a friend in New York City from Florida or somewhere else that they don't want and they return it in New York, that just might be the wrong place for that inventory. So I think that those are some of the the bigger challenges that they're going to have to to deal with. And then I think, you know, physically merchandising is a different skill set than um, digitally merchandising. So I'm sure that they're going to have to build those teams as well, since I, I would imagine they, they just don't have any physical merchandising um, talent right now. Yeah, they're going to have to present a front end in terms of store associates and that type of way of dealing with the public face-to-face. Exactly, and I think that they're going to be challenged with competing with their own online, um, you know, their own online brand image. Because you know, from my perspective, Amazon is the probably the easiest place to shop online. You know, you you could go on your app on your iPhone; it knows you. You you pick what you want, buy it with one click, and you're done in 30 seconds. They're going to have to make that experience as easy in the store to keep their brand promise because I think of Amazon as their brand promise that I could get what I want when I want as quickly as possible and I'm not spending a lot of time in front of my computer entering my credit card information in and you know and verifying this and verifying that I've got one click set up I hit my one click and I'm done if I go in a store and I'm waiting on a long line and and the associates are slow, and it's going to take completely away from what I what I think is a big value of Amazon as a consumer. But if they're also running on a parallel track of offering one-day delivery with Amazon Fresh and their, uh, the new fleet of vehicles that they are reported to be preparing with their own drivers coming up for general deliveries, if they can do that within New York City or San Francisco or an urban center – if you can, I can order online and I can get that delivered to my door same day, why would I bother to go to an Amazon store? Yeah, well, I think that that's a great point. And I think that it's the Amazon store, as I think most stores do at this stage of the game, are more about spur of the moment. I'm walking down the street and I see something that I like or I'm out on a socially with my girlfriends shopping. I, I have young daughters, and that you know that's one of their favorite pastimes to do, is go out with their friends and go shopping. Yeah, the social aspect is important, isn't it? I, I think the social aspect is important, and I think that the spur of the moment aspect is important because you know if you're walking down the street in New York City or San Francisco you see something that you like that maybe you were thinking about but you you know you didn't really need to get online and buy it at that stage of the game you might want to try on something in a few different colors i i could see that and i think that the brick and mortar is always going to serve a completely different need than than the e-commerce i think the brick and mortar is is about spur of the moment, social activities, or I need it right this second and the store is close enough that I could run out and get it. 
and I don't want to wait a day for it, or maybe I don't want to pay the extra to get it the day. It's just easier for me to go out. Or you know, I mean, sometimes you just want to go out and get some fresh air, and while you're out, you'll pick some stuff up. And I think it comes back to that just being where your customers want you to be when they want you to be there. I imagine also that Amazon could tie this in with its access to your to our mobile devices and our computers. We could see a message pop up that say, hey, you know, you're living in New York for the next hour or two hours. We have this particular deal at the Amazon store. Come on down and could lure us in that way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know that this is available yet, but one of the things that I've read about that, you know, that is coming is, you know, having messages pop up as you're walking past the Amazon store. Hey, Maria, um, come on in. I've got this special for you. Here's a promo code. Yeah, I, I've been hearing that for a couple of years, and it's always been put out as being an amazing new development in retailing. I think of it as being a terrifying development yeah. in retailing. I don't know that I want to be in that kind of science fiction world where I'm walking down the street being inundated with messages by nearby merchants. But Yeah, well, I, I yeah. think that we're almost there. I mean, you're certainly there when you go on your computer. I mean, when I log on Facebook, I am always shocked by all of the, you know, all of the ads that are targeted specifically to me. Yeah, you buy one thing and then for the next six weeks, that ads for that same thing keep popping up every time you go to any website. Absolutely, so. absolutely. I, I know for me, it's, you know, I am always shocked. You know, even though I understand it, I'm still shocked that, wow, you you know an awful lot about me. But then again, I think that we all volunteer so much information about ourselves that it, it you know if you google maria haggerty you'll you'll find me pretty easily and you know i'm not a famous person by any stretch of the imagination there's just so much information out there about all of us now so i don't know that that is that far off from where we are already well, I have to say I'm getting really confused because up to this point we've heard about retailers using their brick-and-mortar stores, using their shelves as uh, fulfillment centers and picking off of those shelves and shipping to the customer. Now we hear about Amazon coming in and kind of doing the opposite, creating a brick-and-mortar presence itself. I am just wondering if at some point all of the borders between these different kinds of fulfillment are going to become so blurred as to be non-existent. Oh, I think that that's exactly what's happening right now before our eyes. And I think that that is really the term omni-channel. It's, it's being wherever, whenever, however the customer wants you to be. It doesn't make sense if you have a product sitting on 34th Street in Manhattan and you have a customer that's on 5th Avenue and 42nd Street. It doesn't make sense to bring it from a warehouse out, you know, outside of New York City if you've got those goods right in New York City. And yet, I guess the jury is still going to be out until this actually happens, because we hear that Amazon, these these Amazon stores are going to be pop-ups. In other words, they'll be gone after the Christmas season. Is that the understanding, at least this first round? That's what I have read so far. And, and certainly that's what, you know, Birchbox did a pop-up store. That's what they seem to be doing, but I can't help but think that this is just a way to test the waters. And if it works, then maybe they will stay popped up or come exactly. back right away or different yeah, times it, of the year. Exactly. I mean, if, if it works, if, if they can generate you know, a high enough revenue per square foot or if it's just accretive to them overall in terms of creating brand awareness, although I don't know who doesn't know who Amazon is. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think that, you know, it could be a permanent thing. Manhattan real estate is not cheap. Commercial real no. estate, though. So <laughs> and it's getting, like... more, yeah, it's getting more expensive every day. I mean, real estate in Manhattan is extraordinarily on the up, uptick right now. And just for Amazon to, like, float in and float out and take space here and there, that's got to be uh, a, a lot of money to, to invest. But they've never been afraid of, of spending money up to now, have they? No, they haven't. And I mean, I think that they are, you know, they are definitely an innovator in this space. And they, I think, are responsible for, you know, for opening up a lot of conversations. And I think you can't help but think part of this conversation is about omni-channel, but part of this conversation is all about speed of delivery and, and cost of delivery as well. Maria, how are you at dot-com distribution planning to respond to these new trends? Well, as you know, we're a third-party fulfillment provider, so we do not actually sell anything the way Walmart, the way Amazon does, rather. Um, so the way we're responding is we're dealing with our clients and helping them get their goods to all of their locations, whether it's direct to consumer or to the mass merchants or to their own stores, as quickly and cost-effectively as possible, so that they can be everywhere and anywhere that their clients want to be. So we have same-day turnaround with all of our clients on their e-commerce orders. We have 24-hour turnaround for all of our customers that are fulfilling their own stores so that their product is in the right place at the right time so that their customers can make sales. And then we also partner with our clients that have their own locations to help fulfill the orders so that we get um, the best geographic distribution as possible. One of our clients has a store in Florida somewhere and a customer needs something that same day or next day from Florida, they will fulfill it out of their Florida location as opposed to coming out of our New Jersey location. Uh, you know, but for the most part, everything comes out of the Jersey location with um, transportation in mind in terms of how do we get things fastest and cheapest to our customer base. So some other things that we're also doing is partnering with local um, local companies in our area to fill up trailers to zone skip out to the West Coast to get things out from, you know, the East Coast to the West Coast faster. And I think that the conversation Amazon has started is really a lot about how to get everything to your customer as quickly and cost-effectively as possible. I wonder if customers, our consumers are being so spoiled that eventually they will accept nothing less than one-day service uh, for just about anything they order, and, and retailers and merchandisers will have to respond accordingly. I think that that's absolutely 100% true. I mean, speaking as a consumer, not as somebody in the industry, I mean, we just bought um, a new stereo, and uh, that's probably an old word, but we bought one of those Sono systems, and it took a week to get here because it was coming from the West Coast. And I said, wow, who takes a week to get anywhere nowadays? <laughs> you know, so I, th I think we are spoiled. It's like when somebody tells you, you know, Five years ago, if somebody told you a week, you'd be like, okay, that's normal. Now it's like, that's just weird. Hey, by the way, how do you see the uh, the 2014 Christmas shopping season shaping up? What are your expectations there on the e-commerce side? I think it's going to be huge. Our, all of the forecasts that are in from our clients now are summer up. 100% from last year, some are up 50% from last year, but all of them are materially up from last year. 
So uh, notwithstanding Amazon's embrace of brick and mortar, to some extent, you believe that e-commerce is going to continue to take a bigger slice of the retailing pie from uh, season to season, right? Oh, absolutely. I absolutely think because I think Christmas shopping is less of a spur of the moment event. I think that it's planned. I know, you know, I pretty much at this stage of the game know what I'm buying for everyone on my Christmas list and I'll start going, you know, going to websites, looking for sales, looking for who's having promotions and and getting getting all of that ready in advance. Um, and less about the, you know, oh, am I walking past a store? I'm certainly, I know, I certainly won't. And I, you know, and I know all of my peers, counterparts, even my daughters, nobody really goes out and says, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go to this store and that store and this store and that store. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't happen for us anymore. Well, this is certainly a fascinating time to be in retail, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how the Amazon experiment plays out. But in the meantime, uh, Maria Haggerty, I really want to thank you for giving us your views on where we're going in this world and and just what uh, helping us to make sense of it. Thank you very much for being with us. Oh, my pleasure, Bob. Thanks so much for inviting me. That was my conversation with Maria Haggerty, CEO of Dotcom Distribution, talking about Amazon going brick and mortar. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch nearly 2,000 videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, where all of our episodes are now available. Just search for Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any other episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.